When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That being the case, though, as we look at this game against San Francisco, we said this last couple of weeks, you know, the games don't matter outside of the draft order here for the Cardinals. Um, But just notables here, we're recording on a Wednesday morning, as you said, this afternoon, we'll hear some things about some injury updates. You have James Conner, you have uh, Marquise or Hollywood Brown, we should say, uh, coming up on the injury report coming into today as just day to day, seeing how that plays itself out. Do you think that this is leaning towards, again, it's the same category, right? Not risking having big performances and then playing well. Also not risking injuries to guys that either are going to be a part of the team or that you may want to trade in the offseason. How do you think that they'll handle this? Do you think the, the injury report later this afternoon is going to be more about what they're trying to do to close out the season as opposed to the health of these players? I think we saw it firsthand uh, with last weekend, how they handled it in Blau being started. Yeah. And all of a sudden Hopkins is hurt. And there's been a call from the owner owner's box down to the field that, Hey, we are in tank mode and you need to bench everybody possible. Wow. So I, I, yeah, I mean, no surprise. I, I will say Hollywood Brown genuinely, I didn't see where Connor got hurt, but Hollywood Brown, I saw him walk to the sideline to give out his gloves and do some stuff with the fans uh, as he was leaving uh, the Mercedes Benz. What is it? Mercedes Benz, Georgia Dome, whatever the stadium's right, called. Right. He was walking to the sideline and he was holding his arm. And the best way I could describe it is like when someone dislocates a shoulder, you know, they mm-hmm. kind of like hold it up, like kind of yeah. funny. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the injury. I just know it was – I, I want to say that it was, they said it was right arm. I can't remember right or left. But anyway, I do remember him vividly walking over, and he was holding his arm pretty funny and gingerly. So I, I would think, you know, he's going to get treatment all week. But uh, these guys want to play. I mean, they've got incentives yeah. and kickers and everything else. But at the end of the day, the team's going to do what's best for the team. And, and I know the NFL doesn't want to hear about tanking or anything like that, but – I mean, and you if also the Cardinals have... are remotely in this game on Sunday, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and right so now. It was a shin for, for James Conner um, okay. on Monday that Cliff Kingsbury mm. said day-to-day there. And you added de- it to the list. Sounds, sounds detrimental. You know what it, I mean? It could be. It could be yeah, you the, don't want to risk The shin is be... just probably going to hold him out from running for 5.3 yards a carry. And uh, that goes along with Brown, Zach Allen, Antonio Hamilton, DeAndre Hopkins, you mentioned Colt McCoy. Right. And even Marco Wilson as well. All questionable uh, as of yesterday, as of Tuesday. So we'll see how that fleshes itself out. But maybe more importantly um, than who's going to maybe play or not play here 
is along this list of injured players and guys that are on IR. So we know no chance that they were going to be coming back for this final game of the season. Um, you were looking at, and this I think is more from a fan perspective and, and feeling like what is symbolic from some players and maybe what's indicative of what the organization plans to do is who has been with the team over these last few weeks, especially on the road. I just never have taken notice. And, and so this might be me just trying to stir the pot. And I'm going to preface with that so that I could say, like, I generally don't know, but I will say when I look at over the weekend and I had heard kind of rumblings of this from some people that when, when key players, like, like you've seen like Justin Pugh on the offensive line, you've seen, um, I'm trying to think who else, Justin Pugh definitely is one that sticks out. He, he got sent to IR rather early. His season was over. Mm -hmm. He's not been around the team. Okay. Okay. Make, makes sense. Uh, Kyler Murray gets hurt leg injury you probably don't want to run and i think i've seen that in the past with other teams a quarterback gets hurt especially a leg injury you probably don't want to have him near the sidelines or, or traveling much or things like that he hasn't had you know he just had surgery i think yesterday i think they were saying january 3rd was the targeted date i know cliff spoke on it yesterday yeah, especially with him like with with that type of injury there's probably a recovery piece of it that you can't be you won't be traveling anyway yeah i would think i, I would think that but you know like someone like deandre hopkins he wasn't around the team this weekend he, he wasn't there but then you look at who was there. You see Byron Murphy's on IR, so he won't return this season. Rodney Hudson, I know they keep trying to like allude that he might come back, but he was walking around the team hotel on on uh, what was it Saturday? I saw him walking around. Right. Uh, uh, Buddha Baker, who is now on IR, he's walking around. You know, he's like the symbolic leader of that defense. So you see guys that are there, and it just makes you wonder about the ones that are not. And is that more telling? I know. So I like to feel like we broke the news on DeAndre Hopkins potentially wanting out between what we saw in Hard Knocks, what we saw with the like tweet. Yeah, I did see local Arizona sports uh, coverage from Burns and Gambo, the big sports show here in the Valley. They were talking about it yesterday. So late to the punch with them that does DeAndre Hopkins want out? And they said they believe so. Uh, Gambo said he believes that Hopkins is going to ask to be moved. So does the combo of Hopkins not playing this last week. Now he's not traveling with the team. And then the like tweet and then the hard knocks piece. It feels like when you add everything together, these could be all signs that we're heading to a divorce with DeAndre Hopkins. Well, I mean, you know, it's funny, too, because you mentioned like Buda Baker, a guy who and I just had the contract up in the background. And we know that mm -hmm. Kyler Murray's on the books for big money. But, you know, four years, 59 million for Buda Baker, a guy who's 26 years old, too, like even if this thing is going to turn over and there's going to be a new head coach and this is going to look like a different roster, he's still young enough from both his perspective and from the team's perspective that he can be one of the leaders going forward for this franchise, right? If you're DeAndre Hopkins, though, and I think you can buy him with everything you just mentioned and also maybe some of the friction between him and Kyler Murray and whether or not at 30 years old, he looks at it and says, like, I need to get somewhere, especially next year, with, you're not even going to have Murray to start the season. I need to be somewhere where I can be as productive as possible because there might still be one more kind of big contract out there for me in my career, and I don't know if Arizona is going to be the place. So, yeah, all these things do seem to indicate that there's going to be this divorce between these two sides. The interesting thing for me is how much will the Cardinals be able to recover in a trade? What can they turn that into given his age, given the money, right? So there's, there's going to be some interesting pieces here when we get to the offseason when it comes to him, but I agree with you. I think that you know, it doesn't work out always, right? I mean, in a far less tumultuous way, and J.J. Watt came, and he wanted to be a part of something successful in Arizona. 
it didn't work out and he's just retiring, right? So there's a lot of mm-hmm. different ways where sometimes you take a swing and it ends up being a miss. It looks like Hopkins is probably going to go down in that vein when it comes to the Cardinals. Yeah, I just, you know, we talked about it on the last episode. I just don't think he wants to go through not necessarily a rebuild because you still have pieces and and we know in the NFL you can go to worst to first rather fast. Look at, look at the Lions. I mean, the yeah. Lions are are knocking on the door of the playoffs. I'm trying to think who else at Jacksonville, another team. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely teams that are going to be making a push for the playoffs or, or already in the playoffs that have turned things around from one season to the next. So, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a rebuild, but I just don't think Hopkins wants to go through. What if Kyler Murray misses six, seven, eight games mm-hmm. next year? Like he sees, and we saw this with, the, with our very own Larry Fitzgerald. How many yeah. years did he have? backup after backup quarterback crappy QB play and just kind of some seasons that felt were wasted of his career. When you talked about, he was chasing some big numbers, Jerry Rice and others prior to that. And does Hopkins, he has a pretty good relationship with Larry. I mean, I wouldn't shock me if they've had conversations about in your career, when these kind of things happen where there's an injury at quarterback or whatever, you know, do you wish you did it differently? Did you, you know, whatever. And maybe that helped influence this. And I'm just making things up and I don't want everyone no, but, to turn on Larry Fitzgerald, but I'm just well, saying. I was going to say, but, but, but a massive difference there too is like as Larry was a Arizona Cardinal his entire yeah, career, right? So that loyalty versus maybe he would say, he said, if you asked him, Larry might say, if you had been drafted by the Cardinals, I might tell you, you know, you want, Stick it's around, good to yeah. finish your career with the team that drafts you. But in your circumstance, D-Hop, yeah, maybe it does make more sense to move on. I wanted to even throw in another name here, just when we're talking about this off-season prospect. Don't forget, like Zach Ertz, he's still he doesn't you know the out on his contract is twenty twenty four. Like he's mm-hmm. thirty two years old. If we're talking about turning things over, and it's, it's going to be fascinating to see if Sean he, Payton he's gets, someone gets you got to move. If you can move on from, you've got to. I mean, he's just yep. another luxury piece that you don't need. Yeah, that exact point I was going to make was like, if you're looking at the roster and you're thinking about moves that were made and what they meant in theory versus where you are in reality, all of a sudden you start to try to turn over some of these these contracts and maybe just get yourself some extra draft capital as well in the process. That being the case, is there any other any other roster notes that you want to get into here? Because um, there's a couple, of, specifically when it comes to the draft order and the way it can play out, but there's also then in terms of who could be getting targeted and why getting as high as possible in that draft order could be critical for the Arizona Cardinals. But I want to make sure we we turn over every nook and cranny from one of Arizona's local best sports coverage analysts. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, no, I, yeah. I've not seen anything else like as they talk about the week so far. I mean, listen, the Cardinals are just gimping to the end of the season, and that's what we've got to, uh, I, I think, Everyone wants to get to the same place, and, and that's where we're going next is draft position. We need to hope right now the Cardinals sit at four, and you want to try to make your move. But when it comes yeah. to roster moves, I don't see anything. Like I said, they may elevate that QB that's on the on the practice squad. That's going to be the, probably the interesting thing to watch. I did see someone today, Chuck Harris, actually said uh, on Twitter, he wouldn't be surprised if Colt McCoy retired. Uh, after this season, yeah, which would surprise me because you know he's played pretty well when he's had to play uh, all things considered, I know he had the concussion issues, but it almost feels, it feels like he loves the game. It doesn't feel like he's ready to be done. It was my, unless Chuck heard something from somewhere. Uh, so that one would be interesting to me, but if he is retiring, 
maybe he wants to play one last game, right? Like maybe he wants oh. to play Sunday. You know, that could be a case. Do they go back to Trace? Do they give it to David Blau? Because they want to see more from David Blau again to see if maybe that's your new number two quarterback. Uh, or do they elevate the guy? I mean, th- that's the biggest roster move I would be interested to see. I would like to see also Mija Sanders get way more snaps than he's getting. The mm-hmm. guy is a monster when he's out there, and he could be the pass rusher you're looking for. Uh, or a, a nice pass rushing piece. When we look at guys like Marcus Golden, he, you know, junkyard dog, he's a guy that yeah. we've wanted. He's usually been very consistent this year. You know, he dropped a weight on himself during, um, during training camp and was injured and things like that. Hasn't made a huge impact this year. So getting a guy like a, like a Major Sanders, someone that can get to the quarterback versus someone that you're expecting. And, and like a Marcus Golden, we talk about the future. Um, you want to see maybe Maja get a little more snaps and, and, uh, obviously that decision at quarterback, those would be the big two for me. We did see a lot of Greg Dorch, unfortunately, just not a good connection between him and Blau. He got the most targets and you saw Blau was looking for him. Uh, but this is the first game where the 10 plus targets does not translate into a good game for Greg Dorch right after we gave him his flowers a week ago. And I'm not saying it's his fault. A lot of the throws were in the ground and, and he was covered and didn't get the separation, whatever, whatever. I was going to say, by the way, like when you're going through one, two and three different quarterbacks over yeah. week, you know, week over week, just that, that, that consistency is obviously going to be difficult, but on Colt McCoy real quick, before we turn our attention to this draft order, um, yeah. how many career touchdowns do you think Colt McCoy has? Oh man. Uh, Came into the league in 2010 with the Cleveland Browns has 55 career. I was going to say 50. I was going to. Oh, 55 career starts. Yeah. He has 55 career starts. Some games, maybe one touchdown, some games, two, some none, maybe 50. I'm going to say 50. 34. He has 34 career touchdowns, 32 career interceptions, a 63 completion percent. Like you just look at some of these things sometimes. Um, and it just makes you, you know, it, it's like reflective, like a guy like Colt McCoy, to your point, he's been around for so long. We know he wasn't a star, you know, he's been a journeyman yeah. quarterback. He's played for now, uh, including San Francisco in 2013, that brief stint. He was on the giants as well. Like he's rotated through now five, six NFL teams. And it, it's just funny, man. You, there's even a time in his rookie year, he played to a 52.8 QBR in those eight games. And that's good enough to be like a top 20 kind of quarterback. And sometimes, I mean, listen, he is what he is. He's been around long enough to know that. But it's just fascinating, man. For as long as he's played in the NFL, it, that's the nature of this game. Injuries, talent, you know, where a franchise and organization are going season over season can really kind of write the script on who you are, especially at the quarterback position. So just wanted to make a little uh, little note there. He, he maybe with a big performance on uh, Sunday, if he got the start, could push himself to that 40 touchdown mark. Six touchdowns for Colt McCoy. Why not? He's, he's capable of doing that. Um on the draft side of things, then, we said specifically about, I want to get to the player that was being discussed, and I know it's someone that's been on your mind, but when we look at the draft order, pretty clear cut here. Can't get the number one. That's going to be the Houston Texans. However, getting to that number two pick, which, by the way, a couple of weeks ago, like you and I have been talking about this, and I did not think that it was going to be a realistic possibility. You've been clinging on to this hope. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, with a loss against San Francisco, and losses for both the Bears and the Broncos can get to the number two overall pick. I mean, that is not insignificant for this team. So the Bears are playing the Vikings, which they have nothing to play for. The Vikings have nothing to play for. So oh, they can still they can still shuffle around there in the NFC playoff picture around the seeding. 
No, I looked at it last night and said Vikings are the one that can't go for first. They were the division winner, but they can't get the first seed within the bye. They can get the second seed. What? Oh, I guess that matters for future rounds, I guess. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, if if you're looking at it right now, I think that we'll do this quickly here. I I don't think, but here's the thing. If if you're. By the way, (laughs) it's the Cardinals. Here's here's why it doesn't matter. The Cardinals are playing the 49ers. So they would need the 49ers to lose in order to get over top of them. I think we would say that's oh, unlikely. Yeah. Well, and, and the other piece to it is if you're the Vikings, it's like, do, does that seeding really matter versus giving your guys a break right now, a, guarantee, a guaranteed break, right? Like, I think they'll yeah. start their starters maybe for a quarter, but then after that, they yank them, or maybe they can get a half. But I don't know. The way the Vikings have been playing in recent weeks, I would think they're going to rest their guys just because it hasn't been good lately. Well, what's interesting about it, too, is if you think about the way the matchups can fall, right? The the Giants are locked into that sixth seed there. The Cowboys are, are locked into that fifth seed. So the only difference is going to be well, no, the that Cowboys seventh the seed. Division. It, it, and it's going to be that seventh seed and what happens there as far as it could be the Packers. It could be the Lions. It could end up being Seattle in a, in, a, in an interesting scenario where, uh, oh, no, uh, yeah, no, I guess it can't be almost. Detroit probably can get there. But, like, so you're thinking about who do we want to play potentially first or second rounds. But when you yeah. get to that place, to your point, you, you, trying to do this delicate dance of, yeah. well, if we win or lose and what happens here, whatever choice you're making, you commit to it and you live with the results. But the, the Cowboys actually can take the, they're in contention for the division. Still that division isn't wrapped up with the Eagles. Uh, 12 and four. I guess that's true. Yeah, I guess that's so that, true. That, it's a big, big situation with the Eagles and the Cowboys still, so they could flip. So that's why the one is still in play. You got the Niners can take the one seed, the Eagles can take the one seed, and the Cowboys all can take the one seed. Uh, but the, the Vikings cannot. Interesting. Yeah, I guess they could because they split their season series with the Cowboys. Is that mm-hmm. right? I don't think that that's correct. I don't believe that. I, I read a story from Bleacher Report last night of the scenarios, but I'm just throwing it out there. Right. Well, no, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. By the way, the, the NFC East, for whatever it has or has not been in recent years, well, this year. real excited, the NFC it's three, East. It's just, you know, it's just three teams <laughs> in it, like, and that's exciting. It's where do these matchups go and with the way the NFL does such a good job with divisional matchups, right? Mm-hmm. Washington has nothing to play for, but they're playing Dallas. The Giants are playing the Eagles. It doesn't matter to the Giants. But you could upset the bye week for the Eagles and everything else that goes on with that. So it, it makes very exciting stuff throughout. But to your point, yeah, it all it's all pretty locked in as far as who's going to do what. Maybe coming into this game, the importance exactly. of it. But for the Cardinals, the importance is whether or not you lose your game. If both teams lose, you can get all the way that two seed. If one of them or the other happens, you can still find yourself getting up there and cementing a three seed, etc. Do you how viable do you think it is with the Bears and the Broncos both need to lose here? So the Broncos, they play the Chargers. And when I look at AFC scenarios, there is nothing more that the Chargers can do either. So No, that's true. Yeah, they're they're locked in there. I think I guess they could they I mean, could I'm, I'm looking here. All I fend see is off. The- they could fend off the Baltimore Ravens. Both ten and six, like, like flipping spots. Yeah, fit five. Yeah, and but six again, feet. wouldn't you rather give your guys a, a, same scenario for the Vikings? Wouldn't you rather give your guys some rest here at the end of this long season to prepare for the playoffs versus messing around with who you might or might not play in the opening rounds and, and things of that nature? The the probability of them getting a home game at some point very unlikely. 
regardless yeah. if they move well, up from six seed to five seed or five, you know what I mean? Or fall back. Yeah. The funny yeah. thing, the, the funny, uh, it's the correct way. The very interesting thing that's going on in the AFC, as we know, because of the Bills and the Bengals game that did not get completed, the, the near what could have been, I don't know, one of the most tragic situations in any in sports history with Hamlin and his injury that didn't get concluded. But there's big ramifications around what happens at the top of the AFC, right? So from that standpoint, you don't know, even if you are one of these teams like the Chargers, you have no idea what's going to happen there and how it's going to play out. Yeah. So I wonder, I do wonder how that plays per- into. Yeah, they're going to go by win percentage. I think it's somehow trying to make up this game, which it doesn't yeah. seem like. Uh, yeah, it's, that'll be very interesting. Uh, uh, so when we look at this, when we go back to the whole root of this, can the Broncos beat the Chargers? Well, if the Chargers aren't playing all their guys, sure. Right. Can the uh, can the Bears beat the Vikings? Same scenario. If the Vikings aren't playing all their guys, sure. Can right. the Cardinals beat the Niners when the Niners have the one seed to play for? Hell no. The <laughs> Niners are going to smoke, right. and it's in San Fran. They yeah. should smoke the Arizona Cardinals this weekend. So when you talk about that clear path to the number two seed, it's possible. Like, I feel really yeah. good about this. I know Bleacher Report had a story last week, and, and unfortunately, we had just wrapped uh, with our, mm-hmm. our last recording of the week, and then a buddy sends me this article, and it was like the Cardinals' clear path. To, like, this is how we think the season's going to end, and it's a clear path for the Cardinals to getting the number one seed. Now, you needed, like, both teams to win – a win out to the Cardinals to lose out. And for some reason they thought it was going to be possible. I mean, the Broncos almost beat the chiefs. So it almost halfway came true. But uh, when we look at that, I mean, that, that scenario is over. I didn't think that scenario was going to happen. When we talk about this scenario to get to number two, I'm, I feel, I feel flip of the coin here, which is better odds than I would feel normally.